You're listening to SBS News. Parramatta is Sydney's geographical centre and an early crossroad of colonial Australia. Before that, it was an important hub for First Nations people. And this is where, in 1818, a Chinese man ran an inn. This is the story of Max Ying, who seems to be the first documented Chinese migrant to Australia. Max Ying was born in Guangzhou, the southern Chinese city then known to English speakers as Canton. When he arrived in Parramatta, something typical for early migrants happened. His name started to take multiple forms. Leon Lyle is a former university administrator who researched Max Ying, and he sometimes refers to him with the anglicized name he used towards the end of his life, John Shying. John Shying, as he was eventually known, arrived in 1918 on the, the, the Laurel, and at that stage his name is recorded as um, something like uh, Mark O'Pong and another one. Uh, something like uh, Matcha Ping. Uh, after trying out a few different names, he kind of settled on John Shying. Max Shying or John Shying was not the only famous passenger on the Laurel when it landed in 1818. John Blacksland, an early British settler who became prominent in Parramatta, was also on board. Well, the Blacksland family were involved in international trade, which included uh, shipping that went through um, what used to be called Canton. When he arrived in Australia, John Shying was a guest in the house of uh, John Blacksland. I think is evidence of a closer relationship than just employee-employer, which implies, I think, that he was in in some way connected with uh, the trading in Canton at the time. John Blacksland must have been a good connection for Max Ying. The Blacksland family were quite dominant in the early colony of New South Wales. In exchange for um, bringing in lots of goods, they kind of made various demands on the government to, for preferential treatment in obtaining land. This was obviously helpful for Max Ying to establish himself in Parramatta, where in time he um, had uh, several properties. Max Ying worked a few years as a carpenter for John Blacksland and was paid the same salary as his European workers. Then he got married and opened an inn. Max Ying was widowed twice and married three times. Judith Dunn, a local historian of Parramatta, also explored his story. He looks different. He speaks differently. Maybe he also dressed differently. And yet he must have been quite a ladies' man because three women all were prepared to marry someone who was called by the official records an alien. Mrs. Dern found the names of all his wives. A few years after his first wife died that he married again, then he married Bridget Galourley, a good Irish Catholic girl. And she died just three years later, no children. And then he married... Margaret McGovern, another good Irish Catholic name. Max Ying left four children who remained in the Parramatta area. A picture exists of one of his grandsons in uniform, arguably the first Australian soldier of Chinese ancestry. There are even descendants still alive today, and they bear the English name that Max Ying invented for himself, Shying. Barry Shying is Max Ying's great-grandson. 
One of his four sons was my grandfather. I'm 91. I've just had my 91st birthday. I, I gather the Chinese live uh, to ripe old ages, but I consider myself having lived to a ripe old age. He was not aware of his ancestry until late in life, when another descendant contacted him. I had never accustomed with my family, with my mother and father. They both died when I was quite young. My father would have been the one who would have known the Chinese connection. About 40 years ago, I, was, I had a telephone call from a lady in Sydney, and she said, I think we're related. She pointed out to me that she was related to one of Max Saying's four sons. I appeared to be related to a different one of the four sons. He would never have guessed he had Chinese ancestry, but for Barry, it explained the origin of his unusual family name. I, I don't think it came as a surprise to me, uh, particularly when the lady explained to me um, she knew my father's name, for instance. My reaction would have been, uh, no, well, that's how it all arose, that funny name. All I knew was, I think as a child, I had no uh, shying was a funny name, but When I went to school, they were all Smiths and Jones and whatever, uh, and I had no indication of how the name arose. What's more astonishing, in the past, a Chinese man in Singapore somehow guessed that Barry had Chinese heritage. Some years before that, uh, my wife and I were traveling and uh, we were in Singapore and I went to change some money. And uh, the man at the uh, window said, oh, is that a Chinese name? And I said, oh, well, not, not to my knowledge. He said, uh, looking at you, we said, you could be a bit Chinese. And he sort of put his hand, indicated the upper part from my nose upward, uh, but I didn't attach anything to it. Max Saying operated an inn called the Peacock Inn. Leon Lyle explains what this inn might have looked like. It was uh, quite a popular inn. Uh, apparently, he presumably because of his uh, expertise in carpentry, he'd added a, a Chinese veranda to it. So it, uh, it must have been a distinctive-looking building. There's no no pictures to show what it looked like, but um, uh, it's described as having a, a Chinese veranda. So uh, it must have been a, a popular spot. The inn was located at the junction of what are today Pennant Hills Road and Church Street. At this crossroad lies one of the oldest cemeteries in Australia, where Bridget, one of his wives, is buried. But Pennant Hill Road owes its name to its original role, allowing farmers in the hills to reach Parramatta, where they would bring their goods to sell and be shipped to Sydney. Pam Wilson, the secretary of the Hills District Historical Society, talks about that road. Pennant Hills Railway Station came in 1880, so it was quite late. So before that, they had to cart them all the way down to Parramatta, to the market. Interestingly, in a previous episode, we talked about George Manuel, the first Greek migrant to Australia, who became a farmer in the hills. Could George have known Max Saying? After all, the Chinese migrant had opened an inn for farmers like George Manuel to stop for a rest, meaning two first migrants could have met each other. Barry reacts to this suggestion. Well, yes, that's fascinating, isn't it? Well, my ancestors certainly operated the Peacock Inn. Well, yes, I wonder what language they spoke. I could have had a Greek heritage, couldn't I? But, uh... <laughs> One mystery remains about Max Ying. In 1831, he went back to China for five years before resuming his life in Parramatta. And as Leon Lyle explains, we have no idea exactly what this trip was about. Uh, we don't really know what the cause of that was, what the reason for it was. Maybe a death in the family, maybe some business interests. 
Um, it's all speculative. While he was away, his wife tried to gain formal control of the, the land that he had. But uh, to cut a long story short, she was not able to. But all in all, Max Sying is someone with a positive experience of Australia. He was well supported, married, created a family, and even had rather powerful friends. Leon Lyer says Max Sying's life shows he was a man of good character. Apart from the fact that he was clearly someone prepared to try new things, worked hard as a carpenter to produce very good work. According to John Blacksland, he was a man of dedication and high character. And before his trip back to China, he made the best arrangements he could to look after his family in his absence. The fact that he went to that trouble shows someone who who was committed to looking after his family. So it, I think it speaks to his um, good character as well. And Judith Dunn says he paved the way for the vibrant Chinese community of today. He was the forerunner. He really was the first. And so if he had been a horrible man, if he had done really nasty dealings and been unpleasant, it would have cast a very poor light on the Chinese people that followed him. Max Saying has been written about more than other first migrants, owing to a larger documentation left behind and the existence of identified descendants. His is also a typical story of Parramatta, a city where today more than half of the population was born overseas. When Max Saying made a positive impact on the burgeoning town, he led a path for those who came later, from China and other countries, to make Parramatta the exciting multicultural place it is today. And walking in Parramatta's principal food street, among the restaurants from many countries, one can see and smell the legacy of Max Saying's adventure. I am Julien Oyer from SBS, bringing this podcast series to you. Each episode is about the earliest documented person to settle in Australia permanently that we managed to identify from each community. If you are aware of someone who settled even earlier, or the first migrant from any other community, we would love to hear from you and welcome your story. Please write to us at radio.news at sbs.com.au. Mm-hmm.